all of us have skills and abilities. And the Holy Spirit can use any of our skills and abilities. We have, in, just in this room, we have a huge range of skills and abilities. Musical abilities, all types of abilities. And the Spirit wants to use them to, to take us higher into awareness up towards heaven and nirvana. And the ego wants us to, to use them to keep us locked into the dream world of fear and sin, guilt, you know, all of the anger, hatred. The ego is trying to use the abilities to keep us, to keep itself perpetuated and therefore our false identity perpetuated. And the Holy Spirit wants to take us up into heaven, nirvana, where we realize who we truly are. And we don't, there's no ego. It's just pure oneness and love. And I think that could probably be, aside from the quantum experience you're going to go into, because I was talking yesterday about hypotheticals, and some of you were nodding, but what, remind me again, what is a hypothetical? I, I was talking about this yesterday. As if. As if. And, and that's why I said the whole world's a hypothetical, because it's as if the separation really happened. But, you know, in daily life we have lots of hypotheticals. Just like yesterday, I, I can mention, we're supposed to go to a beautiful, lush, tropical place like Hawaii or Bali this afternoon. <laughs> and it's a hypothetical that I'll be talking to you in a Hawaii-like Study. Not the lava, just the tropical part. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Uh, although, a psychic told me that wherever I go, there's, you have volcanic activity around you. So I lived on the big island <laughs> where all this is happening, and we have across the lake <laughs> a live one <laughs> that smokes <laughs> every once in a while. So you're not so far <laughs> from volcanic activity. Just so you know, if you follow me around, you know, have your Holy Spirit lava prevention <laughs> uh, activation ready. Uh, I saw on the news some guy, he was, he got his leg got splattered with lava. Not an easy injury. Some of you are a little sore from dancing. Hmm. Watch, have some 1500 degree lava <laughs> land on your leg. <laughs> If you really have good mind training, then you will be at peace at that moment. That's another good reason to learn this quantum experience, just in case the lava, you know, comes at you. you, know. you you're quantum. Go, go vertical, quick. <laughs> Do not be horizontal when the lava hits your leg. Just go vertical. So, the other thing about this that I really like is that when I see this movie, I see that, that, that Chris, his psychic ability, and all of us have psychic abilities to some degree, we may be, not be fully aware of them, but because of who we are, we still have it, the potential in our mind. But that, that psychic ability of being able to see two minutes into the future actually is a little crack that the Holy Spirit can use, a little fissure to bring in a much greater purpose. Not just a tiny ability to see two minutes into the future, but something that the Holy Spirit can use for the awakening of the whole 
sonship. And that's what the, the potential of this movie is. The spirit takes his psychic ability and then uses it in a much greater way to show him and to show all of us what hypotheticals are. Because we need an experience that this world is hypothetical. As long as we keep thinking it's real, then we're going to be, still have regrets and issues from the past, and we're still going to have worries and concerns. Where will I live? How will the money arrive? How will I survive? How will I be taken care of? That's a, those are pretty common hypotheticals for most human beings. They're, even if you have, you know, people always say, well, if you've got a lot of money, you don't have to worry about the future. It's a surprising thing that when I've met people that have a lot of money, they're always talking about the future, investing it, afraid of losing it. <laughs> the hypotheticals don't stop. When people have money in the bank, sometimes it goes, how do I invest it? How do I make more? How do I keep it? You know, it's, it's, a, it's an addictive thought pattern of the ego. Linear time is an invention of the ego to keep you away from the present moment, from the quantum field, from, from forgiveness, from knowing who you are. So I really like that. And the second thing is, I will, I will pause the movie sometimes to do some teachings and there will be one particular pause that will have a huge impact for you at the end of the movie, but I'm just going to pause it at that point. I might not have much to say at all, just go pause. You can take note of this moment because it's going to help you understand what hypotheticals are. I won't give a lot of commentary there, I'll just go Okay, quantum is coming, and Mexico is going bye-bye. Okay, you can see there's advantages to seeing in the future. And when, she, when he's nearby, he picks up all kinds of things. So if he, he can pick up two minutes in the future, and if people are talking about him, he's aware of those kind of things, and he's aware that he's being watched. So he, two minutes advantage, if you had that psychic ability, you would probably be able to diffuse a lot of conflicts, either by practicing your Course in Miracles lesson right before somebody yelled at you, or if they were coming for you with a gun or a knife, you just get out of there, and so you're not there when the gun and the knife arrive. So there are some advantages to this psychic ability. And he's aware right now that he's being watched. Of course he also knows that he can't use his ability that much because he likes to play, he likes to gamble, he likes to come back and he'll get tossed and pitched out of there. But the, here's the casino team watching him and and I mentioned his name was Chris, that's his his given name, but he uses a stage name, Frank Cadillac, you know, like a lot of performers do. So we're going to see some of his skill, his psychic ability in action coming up very quickly. And you'll see that it's quite valuable, it's a quite helpful ability. You can just ponder for a second, oh, if I could just see two minutes ahead, I would n always know what David was going to say 
before he said it, so I could say it first, and I would be the teacher then. <laughs> I would just use his words, and he would go, but you see, there's all kinds of advantages of, of knowing what's going to happen two minutes before it does. And that's kind of cool. I have to admit, this is a, based on a Philip K. Dick writing. He was a real open-minded writer. A lot of the episodes and movies we show have his influence. Books, yeah. He's amazing. Way ahead of his time. Prolific, yeah. Okay, let's enjoy. Frank Cadillac in action. Okay, let's just, that's quantum physics right there. Every time you observe anything in this world, it changes it because the observer, some of you have been watching LM Virtual and tuning into Susan Huckaluck's show. Every, it's the observer effect. Remember the little slit? thing where they fire the little electrons through there and, and they can't understand why it's a wave versus the particles and it's the observer. So every time you look at the world, it's the observer, it's your perception that's determining the entire world you see. It's not just an external world where events are happening in a concrete physical world that has nothing to do with you. It really has the person that you believe you are and the world you perceive are all part of a projection that the one mind is projecting. And so everyone is acting just as you want them to act. Everyone is saying the very words you want. It's like, imagine you had a, a, a play and you passed out the parts. Say, here, you're going to play Hamlet and you're going to play this one, and you're going to play the, and you passed out all the parts, and everybody speaks exactly the words that you wrote, the ego wrote, in an ancient instant, and everybody says and does and behaves exactly the way the ego planned it. And so the script is written, and it's just a movie playing out of your wishes. It's a motion picture of your mind. That's why you're not a victim, is because the mind is doing it to itself. It's not at the mercy of people. It's projected the people. The people are saying and doing everything that the ego told them to do. And then the spirit is trying to get you to come back, 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 all the way back, and see that you're dreaming the whole thing. That you're not even a character on the screen. You never were even a character. You're dreaming, and then behind that, you're the Christ. You're actually at one with God. But you have to realize you're the dreamer of it first. Otherwise the victimization and the grievances just keep going on and on and getting acted out for thousands, tens of hundreds of thousands of years. These grievances get acted out in time. Or you can come all the way back to one simple realization that you're dreaming. And that is why ultimately spiritual mind training is about empowerment of your mind. I was just listening again, I, I happened to be in chapter 18, but today uh, Suava and I were listening and, and Jesus said, starts off with the section, there is nothing outside of you. That is what you must ultimately learn. You don't have to learn many lessons, there's only one lesson to learn and the lesson is there's nothing outside of you, meaning your mind, not your body, not your personality. And then 
he starts talking about communication, and he says communication is entirely within. Here's that within word. The kingdom of heaven is within. He's not talking about inside your body. He's talking about within your mind. And then he says, mind reaches to itself. It doesn't interact from one part to another. Mind reaches to itself. It does not go out. Does not go out. You mean to tell me I'm a mind? I've always been a mind and I don't go out? Ever? I stay home? <laughs> I'm a, instead of a home body, I'm a home mind. <laughs> I'm a home mind and I stay home and that's what divine mind does. It doesn't go out. And that's why meditation is so important in all spiritual traditions. Sink inside, go within, sink beneath, beneath all the sights and sounds, the riotous sights and sounds of this world, and come to the kingdom of heaven within. Come to the stillness within. Drop beneath all those thoughts of the projected world and come into who you are. And also you'll realize that the body and the brain and everything of this world was made to keep you, what? Mindless to forget that you had a mind. How? By emphasizing the perception. When you grow up, you know, why is it that parents don't talk so much to us about our mind? Imagine two years old, three years old, you have a very powerful mind. One day you will transcend the world like Jesus did. You will be able to move mountains with your mind. You, you will realize you are beyond time and space. Wouldn't that be nice if you were three years old and you got the mind, the power of the mind talk? No, they talk about our body. You know, oh, so-and-so's teething. Teething? Who cares? Little white things coming in gum. Oh, it seems to be a big deal because it's painful and you got to with baby food, and then when the white things come in, then you get to chew stuff. Who cares? What does that have to do with anything? The whole world was made to keep you mindless. The whole world was made that you would never discover that you're a mind, always have been a mind, and actually live in the mind of God. You, that's your home. The mind of God is where you live. And this projection of time and space is is a veil drawn over the truth. It's, it's a, an, a, a sneaky attempt by the ego to keep you so distracted with busy doings, busy nothings, running around like Shakespeare said, much ado about nothing. Uh, all why? For one reason, to keep you mindless. So think of that the next time you feel you have to do something. You know, it's like, I have to do this. I have to bring the garbage cans in, or my partner will scream at me. You know, no, you're a mind. If you're inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring the garbage cans in, you can do it with presence, great, bring the garbage cans in. But next time you do anything, remember the purpose of this world, the reason the ego projected this world was to keep you mindless, was to get caught up in the doer, and all these busy doings. I've often said they shouldn't call people human beings, they should call them human doings. Most people are human doings. They've completely forgotten the being part. 
present moment, just our mind. Imagine saying that you're a teenager, you're getting into deep meditations, you're having mystical experiences, your parents say, come on, get a job or, or you're going to have to, you know, we'll ground you, we'll, we'll take your, your allowance away. And you could say, I am a mind and mind does not go out. You have to come, that's enlightenment, that's self-realization to realize that who you are is, is a, an idea in the mind of God. So you actually live in mind and always have lived in mind and you never have really taken form. It kind of shoots a hole in reincarnation. You know, incarnating all those times. No, that's not even, that's just a, another description of trying, trying to explain the impossible. That's what reincarnation is. Spirit, divine mind, never comes into matter. Not even once or many times. It never comes. And Jesus talks about this in the Manual for Teachers when he says, how many teachers of God does it take to save the world? One. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but that one is not a body or in a body. There were the early Gnostics that were laughing at the scene of Jesus on the cross because they, they knew he was aware he wasn't really on the cross. Not suffering for the sins of mankind. He wasn't even in there. In the body. He wasn't in a bleeding body. He was transcendent. He was, I and the Father are one, he said. He's one with God. He's not inside a bleeding body. And then you get into the, right before the St. Francis, what are those people called, the ones that were, lived in the Pyrenees? The Cathars. The Cathars so much were into the mystical teachings of Jesus, that this was right before St. Francis, that they actually, one of their teachings was, is that the Christ never incarnates into flesh. They were, they were on to this in the 1100s, that the Christ is a divine idea and never comes into flesh. Well, you can see how popular that was with the Catholic Church. That just shoots the whole theology of sacrifice, the whole theology that Jesus died, the whole theology that God incarnated into flesh. That was heresy. And basically the Catholic Church gave them one option. You believe what we tell you, you, you will spout out the Catholic theology, or you can walk right over there into the fire. And the whole group walked into the fire, fearlessly. With teachings like that, that the Christ idea, the pure Christ idea, never even incarnates into form, in the 1100s, that's what you have preceding the Course. That's preceding, Mary Baker Eddy was another great one. There's no mind in matter, she said. There's no life, truth, intelligence, substance in matter. She was teaching the same thing that the Cathars were teaching. That what? Divine mind doesn't incarnate into flesh. How do you get something that's infinite squeezed into a little slab of flesh? Never happens. So. The more you start to get the depth of these teachings, you start to realize you need to just go within and discover 
the mind that you are, and the, the, that's through forgiveness, that's through true forgiveness, is coming back and realizing that you aren't guilty because whatever that body did, positive or negative, whatever you judge to be positive or negative, that's not real. God didn't create the body, and God is not a God of morality, where he's like anthropomorphic, he's, he sees you when you're sleeping, you know, he's looking over your shoulder going, oh, I saw that. You're not coming back to heaven with behavior like that. No, God doesn't even see the behaviors. And the other thing is, God is not looking over your shoulder and watching your thoughts. Oh, you had a murderous thought there. <laughs> You're not coming home to eternity with murderous thoughts. No, no, that's the ego. And the whole point is purification, is to, to detach and release those thoughts. But God isn't like punishing and looking over your shoulder and watching you telepathically going, ooh, bad day, bad day today, that was a stinker. My goodness, you know. Stinking thinking, isn't that in the, Kenny, isn't that in the 12 steps? No, you don't, you don't, you're not condemned by the stinking thinking, but that will keep you out of awareness of God's love. So that's why you have to go through a purification process, but that's what this is about. Now this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because he hit a two minute jump on, on the security of the casino. He knows where they're going before they get there. And he is cool. This is cool man cool. He is, he's just going to be like having another day at the casino and they're trying to catch him and this is so much fun. This is another fun reason to forgive and get into quantum. It's much more exciting than linear, it's like a turtle plodding along. <laughs> it's slow. If you stay in, in the timeline, it's very slow and tedious and time consuming and it, it seems like this world's going on forever and ever and ever. It's like things change so slow on the timeline and once you get into quantum, Man, your mind can fly, 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 and soar and soar, and have no limitations, and have nothing holding it back, and be in joy and be in happiness. Like that song we danced to yesterday. I will give you joy, joy, yeah. That's what quantum is. Quantum is the, is the joy. So watch Frank Cadillac in action here. I've, I already said that before, but now I'm going to really play it. I had a lot of fun there, but... So, his buddy there is saying, you know, you got to get this girl out of your head and still waiting for her to show up at the diner. You keep showing up there, waiting for her. And he says, she already did. The script is written. He's just viewing the script from what seems to be a future position. And it's no different than what Nostradamus did. Except he did it sometimes centuries <laughs> He saw missiles and weapons that had not even been close to being invented. He was just tapping into the script is written, and he's just tapping into what seems to be a future event. But, you know, you don't get into quantum even knowing the script is written, because the script is written is a deep teaching from the Course, and you know I talk about it a lot. But that's just, that's preschool. 
guys. It's preschool. Why? Because ultimately there is no script. And again, even a script is what? Is linear. If people think, oh my gosh, the script is written, that's the most amazing. Now that's just the stepping stone towards where this is all going. The script is written is important. No doubt it's important because why? Because the script is the past. Why would you keep investing to make a better life in this world if you knew that everything of this world is the past? It's all over and gone. Actually it never happened, but for this metaphor. It's, it's, it's gone, it's, it's the past. Why would you be concerned about your children's lives and them having a better future if the script is written? If you could really see it's all the past. Why would you be so concerned about partnerships and keeping your partner happy? I've got to keep them happy. If they're happy, maybe I'll be happy. You know, No, no, don't get into these games. The past is the past. And the script is written is just the, the, the most important part of that line from the workbook. The script is written is the last word, written. It's this number, lesson number seven, I see only the past. That's all it's trying to teach, is that it's the past. But why would you try to improve the past if you, if you knew it was the past? Why would you keep tinkering with the contents of consciousness, all these forms and images, if you could see that number, if you could just realize number seven, lesson number seven, I see only the past, why would you have worry and concern and anger and frustration over something that's actually over and done? So what I'm saying by this is you start to realize that the sleeping mind has only one problem, it's a time issue. The very beginning of this movie, it kept showing all the, the clock images and some of you have seen some of my other movies in the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment. Dark City. Time issues, time issues. Finally, when the big clock opens in the unconscious mind in Dark City, when the, when the mask opens, it's a mask covering over something, and when it opens up, the mask opens up, the clock is underneath. The clock time is behind, it's the only problem. The ego invented linear time. God didn't create linear time. The ego invented linear time and the whole cosmos that's based on linear time. So the key thing is this psychic ability is it helps him out in a human way. And what you'll see as you watch this movie is just like all abilities, if they're used by the Holy Spirit, it will undo your belief in linear time and set you free to know yourself as an eternal being. And if you allow the ego to use those skills and abilities, even psychic ones, it will just keep you in the loop. It was kind of cool the way he used his psychic ability, but basically he was just using it for what? To escape. Who to escape? His mind? No. His body. He was hoping that he would escape the cops. <laughs> escape the FBI, escape the, the security, because he likes gambling. He likes to come back there, and now he's probably going to think twice about coming back to that casino. <laughs> like, oops, we used up that one. But 
you see, it's, it's more for still, he's getting some kind of psychological pleasure from the gambling, and he's using his psychic ability to escape so he can live to play another day. That's not going to get you back to eternity. If, even if you have psychic abilities, um, if, for example, let's say you could start to read people's lives. I always think about years ago, remember Dionne Warwick's psychic hotline? If you decide you've got a psychic ability and you decide you're going to use it to make a lot of money, it may disappear. Because if that psychic ability is being used by the ego, that is not the Holy Spirit's plan for you, to make it, just use it to make money. If you use it, let's say you're counseling somebody, and they're very frightened, and they're closed up, and they don't want to talk about it, and you can pick up what their thoughts are, and then the Spirit gives you a line, or an image, or an example that helps them open up, and pour their hearts out, that's a helpful use of a psychic ability. But psychic abilities are not positive or negative in and of themselves. When they're used by the Holy Spirit, they're helpful. When they're used by the ego, they're very, very much delay maneuvers. They're very harmful in your spiritual awakening. So even with psychic abilities, Chris is a great example for all of us, that even with psychic abilities, until you use it for a greater purpose, it's still part of a delay maneuver. It's still keeping you human. It's still keeping you believing you're a dream figure, stuck in the dream. But, Chris knows, he keeps seeing this woman, Liz, he doesn't know her name, he just keeps seeing her image at a diner at a certain time, and he keeps going there waiting for her, but he feels there's something important. And when they meet, they won't consciously know it, but they're going to be used by the Holy Spirit for a much greater purpose than for a person, than for an individual. It's going to be used in, in the awakening. And it's going to be used for all of us today, because they're going to, the Holy Spirit's using it right now, this movie, to teach us what's important to teach us to let our mind expand, to not think the way we were thinking before we came into this room, <laughs> to actually leave this room this morning before we go off to our tropical paradise, <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing if you're on your toes. Just seeing if you're on your toes. Before we go off, and then, when you have that change of thinking, when you start to think more quantum with everything, woo, your mind is going to expand so much faster. And the problems you think you had can vanish just through insights in your mind. Just through your mind recognizing itself more and more, you will watch problems start to dissolve and just like they're like melted butter dripping off the table. It'll just roll off. thing you've been struggling with for years rolls off the table and it's gone. Just because of your, your spiritual experience can take you that far. Just from that insight. And that's what we're, we're going for with this movie. We're going for that flesh, that expansive, oh my gosh. 
my problems aren't what I thought they were at all. Wow. You know, it's a wow, it's an aha, it's a wow experience in your mind. That's, that's what spiritual awakening is all about. Okay, here we go. Let the, the plot rolls on here. So she's, she's on, he's just doing this two minutes of the future to see what she's about. So he can see what he thinks about the situation, whether he's going to hang around or not. You can see her coming on saying, you know, you could save lives. There's a genuine part in there that wants to join. Like, let's collaborate. And he's like, I think he's really open a bit, because all of us are open to collaborations, whether we are conscious of it or not. She's like trying to say, I need you to help save some lives. So that's reaching out. Then all of a sudden she flips into the ego and starts threatening him. <laughs> you know, oh, a stolen car and the cops are on the way. You know, it's like almost like threatening him with prison. He's not attracted <laughs> to that at all. <laughs> that's not one of her attractive points. That's a forgiveness lesson, threatening people. So you can see that in this case, this little scenario showing us again his psychic ability. Some of you, how many of you been into my Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment and have seen the movie About Time? We've got a lot of great time movies and in that one his ability, the men in his family can go back in time. So in that one he watches the situation play out and if he doesn't like it he wants a redo he goes back in time and redoes it. In this one, he's got the ability for the future. He reads the event before it seems to happen, and then if he doesn't like it, <laughs> he, he avoids it. So you can see that both of these movies, About Time and Next, are, have a great potential for being quantum movies because it's playing with the concept of time and it's saying you're not really stuck in the middle of the past and the future. You actually have an ability in your mind to view scenes and then to pick and choose. Now, of course, Jesus is going to go much deeper than that. He's going to say, no, you don't even have that ability to pick and choose between these situations. That's just hypotheticals too. The only thing you have is choice of purpose. What is your purpose? That's whether it's ego or Holy Spirit, that's what you have left. In eternity there is no choice, but in this realm you do have a choice of purpose. That is a meaningful use of, of, of choice until you realize choiceless oneness, until you transcend choice entirely. So that's why we have to watch our motive. We have to say, what is this for? That's the one question Jesus says you could ask with any situation. What is it for? What is the purpose? Because the purpose will determine the outcome. Not in form, because there are no outcomes in form. <laughs> but in your state of mind, you'll be happy, peaceful and joyful if you choose the Holy Spirit's purpose. And you're going to be angry, frustrated, sad, guilty, shameful, all those emotions if you choose the ego. You may get a little bit of worldly pleasure and think, I like the ego. No, it's just tricking you. It's still a death wish. It will still show you the opposite of that little worldly pleasure, which is pain, suffering and death. 
And if you choose the ego and fall for that trick, I think Laura was asking that question about emotions. The ego invents its own emotions too. And that's what makes it a little tricky because pleasure is not really coming from God. It's, it's really, all real pleasure comes from doing God's will. That's what Jesus says in the Course, from being in alignment with the Holy Spirit. That's the real joy. So there's a difference there between joy and pleasure. But that's another thing. So let's watch him here now. He's, he's just finishing his two-minute uh, glimpse with Kali, the FBI agent. This is what I mean by the ego made special relationships and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, we're okay with fake. Jesus and the Holy Spirit have no problem with fake. Even if you've made a fake identity that involves a body, no problem. Not a problem at all. Because the Holy Spirit can lift that special relationship so high that you will end up in a love story and actually you'll end up seeing the whole dance. The whole dance that the Holy Spirit uses. So, a lot of times people study the Course, you know, and, and they'll say things to me like, well, I don't know, I, I can't do the Course because I have a special relationship. That's not a, a good excuse because the Holy Spirit wants to use the special relationship and doesn't pretend that it's not there. If you're perceiving separate objects, if you're perceiving separate people, if you're perceiving more than the dance, like where it's all just like feathers whirling around in a mystical experience, if you're perceiving the specifics, that's what special relationship is. It, it runs that deep. It's, it's not between two people, it's seeing people as people and not as thoughts in your own mind. So as long as you see them as someone who's not yourself, whether it's a mother, or a partner, or a child, it doesn't matter. As long as you're seeing a person, not yourself, as a reality, that's, that's what special relationship is. It's not between bodies, it's perceiving the world of specifics. Okay, so you say, okay, well that's the groundwork, that's the baseline, that's what the Holy Spirit has to work with. Here, he sees a premonition, a vision of her coming into this diner, and he keeps showing up every day in the morning to look for her. And he has this strong feeling like there's something important about it, but he doesn't even know what that is. That's like most of us too. We don't really know how the script is supposed to go and how it's supposed to play out. We don't really know who our mighty companions are meant to be. Spirit knows all these things. Holy Spirit knows it all, like, yeah, yeah, here you go. Now, but the Spirit wants us to stay on the ready. You see how ready He is? You see how His eyes are so wide open? It's because of that feeling He has in His heart, like there's something important. I don't even know what it is, he, he told his friend, the Peter Falk character, but I don't know what the reason is, but it's important. And now you can feel it in this scene, how important it is. Like he knows he and she have an assignment, and that assignment is ordained by the Holy Spirit. That assignment was, was written into the script with the Holy Spirit answering the separation, answering the whole linear script with, in one instant with the atonement. 
And this is, you could feel the energy of the atonement in this scene. Like, they, she doesn't even have a clue it's happening, and he doesn't know what it's for, but he knows it's for something important. He doesn't even know what that is. So, if we could have every encounter as we move through the day with this open anticipation, like we're being taken to oneness, we're being taken to a, a great journey within, to our mind, to our divine mind, and if we could just stay this open, then that would really help us because we would be tuned in to the importance of every encounter that comes. In this case, this is more of like a, a lifelong, you know how the Course in the Manual for Teacher, Jesus says, really there are no levels, but he, he gives three levels. A casual encounter, like in the elevator, or the ch child running into an adult. And then the second one was the sustained teaching-learning situation, which they appear to separate. And then the third one is lifelong. Well, this is one of these kind of lifelong uh, encounters, but neither of them really know that at this point. Now you're going to see some quantum physics in action. Okay, this is it. This is quantum physics. He's got a two-minute ability and he's going through the scenarios in his mind to get the girl. He wants the girl and he's rolling through those hypotheticals one after another to see which one will work. What line? What action? What will it take? And, and this is no different. If, if you look at your own life, you will see, you'll find yourself in situations like she's looking at the menu there. Sometimes you go into a restaurant and you're doing the same thing with your hypotheticals. You're kind of imagining all the different tastes and flavors and how it will taste and how much time do you have, you know in order to get in and out of the restaurant and you're looking and how you feeling, do you feel hungry or are you just kind of hungry you know and you roll through this hypothetical menu choices you see how this if we can get what this movie's pointing at it's going to save a lot of time because how much time and energy of mind energy is put into hypotheticals you know it's you need, we need to put that same energy in the holy instant, <laughs> is what Jesus is saying, that we put into hypotheticals. Because we're trained to believe that these hypotheticals are, are education and we know more and the better you are at making choices between hypotheticals that lead to a, a better future life, we all be have believed that that's good. That's our training and conditioning is not helping us get back to heaven. We need actually instruction on releasing hypotheticals and listening to guidance because the Holy Spirit knows we have a major hypothetical addiction going on here. Major. It's worse than cocaine, worse than heroin. We're on a major hypothetical thinking addiction and so the Holy Spirit's going to have to reach us through what we believe in so the Holy Spirit's going to guide us and give us hypotheticals which is guidance, where to go, who to see, what to do, all those things, to unwind us from the addiction. It's almost like, you know, going into a, a detox program when you're addicted to a drug and having them 
detox you, you know, they wean you off of the drug. They wean you away from it first, from the physical, seeming physical addiction, and then they'll work with what are the underlying patterns in your mind of hurt, of grievance, of lack, of loss, why you're doing the drugs. You know, 12-step program does the same. It works with the, the stinking thinking. It works with what's the hole that's on the inside, the belief in lack, I'm not enough, I'm lacking, and then the drinking or the alcohol or the drugs or the sex or whatever is all just on top of it. That's just the acting out of the thoughts. So he's going through his hypotheticals here and in one sense it is important that they, they link up. So he's, he's going to find among those hypotheticals the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the one that works. <laughs> Because why? Because they're destined to meet and they're destined to be used for a higher purpose. So the Holy Spirit does want them to meet. And he's rolling through. Of course he's using his past experience. I noticed you were alone. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> would you mind some company? Actually, yes I would. <laughs> I would mind. <laughs> no, I'm not interested. You see, he's using some of his past learning there and it's not working. And then there will be a, a very Holy Spirit given hypothetical where he has to be totally defenseless <laughs> to get the girl. She feels it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> All minds are joined. She felt that. Ex-boyfriend. <laughs> no. You know what? You two are things out. So little too much pride coming through in that scenario. Even though the Holy Spirit sends in the ex-boyfriend to help out, he's a little too prideful. <laughs> Ducking things and throwing, grabbing by the nose, you know. She's like not impressed at all with either of them. She's like thinking, I don't need mistake number two here too. <laughs> uh, I, that's not, so there's another hypothetical that he's playing out. It's getting a little closer, but still too much pride. Not the Holy Spirit's version. Too much pride. You, what did Jesus say? Be meek. Be as meek as a lamb. Be defenseless. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. If I defend myself, I'm attacked. So he's going he's gonna to try to come. Holy Spirit has a scenario here that is the actual one that is meant for this important encounter. So you can see that the FBI, uh, Callie's superior, is not impressed with a magician and parapsychology and psychic abilities. And neither are the, the ones ready trying to blow up. They want to blow up Los Angeles and they're not, they call them a carnival barker, you know. The, the ones that are set on, on stopping the explosion and the ones that are set on making the explosion happen, they dismiss 
psychic abilities. Why? Because the world, the ego will dismiss the mind, will dismiss the power of the mind, will dismiss psychic abilities, will dismiss spiritual awakening. Even when you're following the Holy Spirit and taking your steps on unwinding from time, you'll probably have some witnesses around you going, Loco, are you crazy? You're throwing away all the good things in the world for what? For God? Oh yeah, well, we don't know about God. Does, does God exist? Does God not? You know, the world doesn't know the spirit. This is the ego's world. And the ego made up all the characters in the world, including the character that you believe you are. All these characters are made by the ego. So this is the ego's playing field, this world. You're, it's like, as long as you believe in its laws, then, then it seems like the body is under the laws that the ego's made up. Who made up gravity? God? God doesn't know about gravity. God doesn't even know about planets and spheres. Who made up hunger, thirst? Who made up body temperature and all the, the things that the body seems to need? Who made up the medical model? Who made up the economic model of supply and demand? Who made up the nutrition model? You know, all the stuff they now, now it's getting on television. Well, you got to eat right and do this and eat this and don't eat that and eat organic but don't eat chemicals and on and on. That's all the ego system. Even the laws of nutrition were made up, not by God. It's all part of the fictitious system of linear time. And when you start to follow the spirit, the spirit will help you unwind from that identity, from that belief in linear time. And you might even have some witnesses in, in the dream that go, are you crazy? You're throwing, all, you're throwing the good life away for God? What are you going to do with your life? Meditate? Pray all day? You know, it, it's, you ask a CEO, well, you're, you can work for our company, but not if you're going to pray all day. You've got to be productive. Earn some money here. Come on, you know, you've got to make, make some profit. Profit motive, that's all tied into ego too. It's maintaining the system. The Holy Spirit will use whatever you believe in to unwind you from it, but if you look at the lives of the mystics and saints, the deeper they went inside, the less they care about the world. Look at Ramana Maharshi, the great Indian saint. He had a, an amazing experience when he was a teenager. He, he had this experience of death in his mind when he was a teenager, and then he basically meditated the rest of his life. When he was young, he would meditate in temples, in old run-down temples, and other children would throw rocks at him because he wouldn't play with them. He would rather meditate than play with his peers. They would throw rocks at him while he was meditating. You're going to have doubt thoughts, fear thoughts that will come up in the mind, and they will seem to get acted out, but those are not blocking you. It's the thoughts in the mind. People don't hold you back. It's thoughts. It's attack thoughts in the mind that are holding the mind back from awakening. So that's why the focus is on changing your mind and the focus is on forgiveness. It's never about trying to do the right things in form to please somebody. It's about actually looking inside and saying, I need to trust the Holy Spirit and Jesus 
to guide me, to give me the hypotheticals that I still believe in that will help unwind me from all hypotheticals and take me back to the holy instant. See, it's, it's so clear. Once you start to see the context of it, you go, oh, I see what's happening now. That's why I need guidance, is because I'm so addicted to hypotheticals that I need the Holy Spirit to give me some helpful hypotheticals that will take me beyond hypotheticals entirely. You see how practical that is? It all just clicks in when you start to see the context. Like, oh, guidance is not so mysterious. Guidance, those prompts we were talking about, Zach and I had a talk right before we went on the boat about the prompts coming in and the prompts. The prompts are very helpful because they're still hypotheticals, but, but they're a way of loosening from fear. Loosening from, I personally have to take care of myself, to, oh, Holy Spirit, you guide me. You take care of the body, you care, take care of my relationships, you take care of everything. I just want to wake up and I trust that you will give me exactly what I need to loosen from this trap of hypothetical thinking. So it's very, very profound. <laughs> Anything is possible. Quickly, the Holy Spirit is zooming into their minds. <laughs> ah. See how quickly, first they're strangers, now, less than a day later, anything is possible. They're, look at that look. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is going for the holy relationship quickly. And that's why you have to follow the hypotheticals, you've got to follow the prompts. He knew something important was there, he didn't even know what it was. He doesn't even need to know. Every story special story turns into a love story which turns into a divine love story. Doesn't that make sense? You don't reach heaven, eternal love, through fear, through pain, through suffering. You reach happiness through happy dreams. That's, like I said yesterday, that's the Holy Spirit's use of the dream. as a dream of non-judgment. Imagine getting into a relationship where you could truly enjoy and appreciate and feel the gratitude and the love fairly consistently, even though things will pop up from time to time, but the direction and the movement of the relationship is toward acceptance and non-judgment. Isn't that what everybody wants, just to be accepted without any judgments? How freeing, how playful we talk about how playful, how playful would that relationship be if there was no judgment, or very little judgment in it. And it's, it's part of the purification. This is, why the whole, this is the Holy Spirit using a special relationship to take it higher and higher and higher towards transcending all hypothetical thinking. <laughs> See the kind of jokes you get from the Holy Spirit? <laughs> he knows how to make this work out. <laughs> he knows those jokes. So that's Holy Spirit. The beauty is the sum of the parts, it's the whole, with nothing need be added or taken away. He's, that's the holy instant. Nothing is added or taken away. Everything is perfect exactly as it is right now. 
And if nothing need be added or taken away for that beauty, then that means that it's just an acceptance of this moment. Exactly as it is. Remember how I said it was so simple? It's the ego that puts all the complexity and says, Oh, the spiritual journey is hard and it's going to take me years and years, decades, maybe not this lifetime, on and on and on. Actually, the holy instant is so simple, but you have to have willingness and desire for it. And you just have to want it. But that goes against all your programming and conditioning because everything that the ego teaches us is about addition and subtraction. And Jesus says, every moment of every day you're always trying to change something. You're trying to add something or take, take it away. You're trying to add something to the situation. Let's say you have a good experience with something and then you hit the thought, that, that situation was almost perfect. If only they had the Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> this steakhouse experience would have been perfect. You see, it's always got the if only. If only things were just a little different. You meet somebody, you start to fall in love, you think, wow, we're pretty compatible. We could be lifelong companions. Well, except for, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a few ego thoughts in there for, well, we could take away this and this and add a little bit of this and this. Then it would be perfect. You see, that's all a defense against the holy instant. The holy instant is saying, no, all things work together for good. And then, of course, the great workbook lesson, let all things be exactly as they are. The only way you could do that is in the present moment. You're never going to find it in a hypothetical future, and you're never going to find it reviewing and retracing and rehashing a hypothetical past. Think how much energy goes into coulda, woulda, shoulda. Oh, my life would be so good, so happy if I, if I hadn't been so dumb to say this, if I hadn't done these things, if I hadn't messed up in the past, I would have a happy life. That's another trick. You can have a happy life right now, if you're willing to drop into the holy instant. So here he is, not only is the Holy Spirit telling great jokes, the hot dog vendor, the famous joke, Zen joke, and then now he's, he talks about this Carlotti, this philosopher, beauty where nothing need be added, nothing need to be taken away, and then he pulls out his magic show to give her a beautiful flower. See how the Holy Spirit works? It's just using the special relationship and taking you deeper and deeper into the holy relationship and the holy instant, really, just sinking into the present moment. Wow. He just read the future. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> I don't want to say that this is a big key to your awakening, but. Remember, remember, remember this moment. Now this is what happens as soon as you start to follow the Holy Spirit. The ego is going to try to disrupt your holy relationship and sabotage it in any way that it can. Just like I told you yesterday that when the Holy Spirit was given as an answer to the separation, the ego answered the Holy Spirit with a special relationship. 
because the ego doesn't want to give in to this awakening thing. It's out of business. If you awaken, you see there is no ego. It, it doesn't, it can't survive without you believing in it. And when you forgive it, accept atonement, you see there never was an ego. It, there could never be an opposing force to God. God is all in all. There is nothing but heaven, nothing but love. And so, this is a really good scene because as soon as they have that holy instant that they had, where they just had this sense of deep love and acceptance and joining, and that's the first time where they really just gave way to the love and to the holy instant there, and the stillness, and, and she even said, maybe, maybe I do believe in destiny. Before she was saying, I don't even think I, I want to know. I want it to be a surprise. Now, she did say, you know, anything is possible. And now she's opening really fast, and so is he. And now the ego will try to sabotage that movement. Ego does not want you to awaken. So fear will arise, and doubt thoughts will come up. And this is very typical on... On the, holy, on the spiritual journey, as soon as you have a deep experience of the holy instant, you'll have what I call ego backlash, or ego whiplash, <laughs> which the ego will come in and try to really get you and sabotage. And most of you notice, know that about your spiritual journey, where you have these big, amazing moments, and then all of a sudden the fear and doubt comes in extra hard, extra strong. Almost like, that didn't happen. And you're, no way are you going to go in that direction. So this is, as soon as they've had this holy instant, this is the ego trying to plant a seed of doubt. She's just had this great mystical experience and now the ego is going to try to strike back. It's like the Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> this is in the mind, this is the Empire Strikes Back. So the ego is clever. It uses all kinds of games. We're on the same team, federally funded. Oh, I work for the FBI, and you're a school teacher on a federally funded thing. Look at our commonality there. <laughs> Sounds like politicians. What? <laughs> you know, and so basically, you know, it's the ego trying to sabotage, selectively using things from the past to bring up fear and make a threat to keep you f from going for your true calling and basically the FBI, we know that she's got the agenda of saving all these lives but oftentimes people in government agencies, CIA, FBI, you know, will justify doing whatever they do to save lives, remove dictators, assassinate people. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's your religion? Did you ever read the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not kill? Well, we're trying to protect innocent people. Okay, you assassinate some to protect some. It's a little fishy. <laughs> I think we should go back to the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. So this is, all it is is in the mind. She's just, part of her wake-up experience is she had the holy instant and now the ego is trying to come in big time and plant fear and doubt. And it's good to be aware of this because this is exactly how the spiritual awakening goes. And it's nobody doing it to you, it's just, 
your, your own ego attack thoughts and doubt thoughts getting acted out. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are saying, this is what I mean, forgive. Release these thoughts. It's not actually external agents doing something to you. And there aren't external agents keeping you, holding you back from your spiritual journey. It's all just thoughts in the mind. So this is an example of, of attack thoughts coming up after that holy instant. And I, like I said, I had a revelation, some three revelation experiences. When I seemed to come back from the great rays, from the light, oh, you better believe the ego was, what was, what was that? It was immediately trying to dismiss the experience, immediately trying to explain away, like in the Truman Show, you know, when he starts to wake up and all the people are trying to present evidence, even on the radio, and, you know, like when the, the cirrus light falls down, it says, a plane began shedding its parts. You see, the ego is always trying to explain, even the mystical experiences, even the signs and symbols, the ego will try to explain them in a very dark way. Because it doesn't want you to, like, follow the white rabbit in the matrix. It doesn't want you to follow the signs and actually wake up. It wants you to stay stuck in time and space and and tells you that your security is on the timeline. It's not. It never it never has been. It's a, just a it's a big trick. Well now I'm fine. There's the fine word. <laughs> Always beware of the fine word. I've watched hundreds of movies. I've seen this believe me, this is thirty years of experience in talking here. When the fine word comes out. <laughs> and you know that song, You must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply. Listen, a kiss is not just a kiss. There's a holy instant kiss, and then there's a kiss where there's fear underneath it. A kiss is not a kiss, it's the purpose. He's, he's kissing her because he's got all this love, he's still in the effects of the Holy Instant, and she's just been hit by an ego sabotage. This happens all the time in relationships, where one starts to feel doubt, like, uh-oh, who am I dealing with here? You know, they just planted all this evidence, which is just her own fear, being acted out with the FBI agents. And he's dangerous, he's a psychopath, he just used you to escape from us in Las Vegas. Shh, fear, fear, fear. She's starting to succumb to the fear and then they have, oh, it's how was your walk? It was, oh, beautiful, this and this. And is everything okay? Because he's, all minds are joined. He's feeling something is different and all minds are joined. People, when you go in the Holy Instant you can pick up thoughts and she's like, oh yeah, it's fine. Uh, that word. Mm -hmm. That means there's an ego sabotage afoot. <laughs> you hear that word? <laughs> and sometimes I see it in movies, fine, when they start repeating, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> Three fines in a row. <laughs> Not good. That's a cover-up. Three fines in a row. So, this is 
we're getting close to the point which is the most important thing in relationships. There's a whole section in A Course in Miracles, probably one of the most profound sections in the book. Slava, we just read that the other day. The healed relationship. Where, where there will come a point where the ego says, get rid of your brother. That's what's happening here. This is directly out of the Course in Miracles, the healed relationship section, where the ego starts to build a case. Even though all the signs and symbols have been miraculous to this point, even though there's just been this huge experience of the holy instant, this is where the ego comes in with, get rid of your brother. You see that? Now is the time, that's the answer, that's Jesus' answer. Now is the time for faith. You invited the Holy Spirit into this relationship. Now is the time for faith. Don't break your trust. You invited, they definitely, there's something going on here with them. The Spirit is, is using this relationship and the ego is trying to shoot a torpedo right into the relationship. Even though it's just brand new relationship, it's trying to sink the relationship. And now is the time for faith. So she's obviously going to have to make a very important decision. And she doesn't even understand all the ramifications. And what is that decision? Do I trust him or don't I trust him? And we're doing a whole online retreat coming up next weekend on the development of trust. These are very important moments. These are huge moments in the awakening. Because if you go for the fear, it sets you back on your spiritual. It just brings in delay. It's still inevitable. You're still going to wake up. But it's going to induce a huge delay in terms of time, in awareness. Nothing is changed in reality. You're still the one. You'll always be the one. But in terms of your awareness of it, this is going to be a slowdown. So she's coming up now onto a major point of whether she trusts him or whether she fears him and, and goes for the ego sabotage. Okay, let's look at our motives in the mind. The Russians want to kill him. The FBI wants to capture him. And the Holy Spirit wants the relationship to continue <laughs> for a greater purpose of healing. What, you know, the situation, the way you see the situation depends on what your purpose is. You see? Quantum will tell you that the situation is just playing out of your purpose. Some of you might remember the part in the course called Setting the Goal. Where Jesus says, you, the purpose has to be out front. You have to be clear. Are you using this situation for truth, for love, for forgiveness? Or do you have an ego motive? Do you want something egoic to come of it? Because the purpose will determine the outcome of the situation. Not in form, but in terms of your experience. Will you feel love or happiness? That's the outcome you want. And will you feel hurt and pain and suffering? Because the motive, the purpose determines the situation. The ego doesn't understand that. The ego says, no, the world's just the world and it's just happening. And things just happen randomly. <laughs> no, nothing happens randomly. The way you perceive the situation depends on the purpose you hold in your mind. 
That's why you can accept the atonement and be free from this entire world because of the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your mind. That's the way out. It's not through an outcome and form. That's just a, a timeline of illusions flicking by, a bunch of hypotheticals. There's no escape if you continue to just react and respond to hypotheticals and keep thinking them. That's, that's not going to get you into eternity. But here she is, she's got her little drug in hand, her sleeping potion, and she's got the orange juice poured, and he's in there shaving, the Russians are aiming to kill, and Callie and her team are aiming to capture. Now, this reminds me of the Bourne series. I love that series. You got FBI, CIA, Intel, all the assets, everything's lined up to kill or capture. Holy Spirit's like, huh, no problem. <laughs> FBI, no, not, nothing is a match for the Holy Spirit. So let's see how the Holy Spirit's going to preserve this holy relationship for higher purposes. Now that's an expression session. People say to me, why do you have expression sessions? Because you have private thoughts and you haven't been able to give them over to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because if you gave them over to the Holy Spirit, they'd disappear. But if they're still there, the Holy Spirit will use whatever. And this is a thing that happens at the beginning of mind training. You have to not hide and conceal them. This is probably the, one of the most classic scenes for the reason for expression sessions, because she's afraid, and yet, she what's the last thing she said? Her last private thought was, I don't want you to die. Because there's love there. Love is there, but you have to, you have to expose and release the private thoughts in order to come back into the experience of the love. So that's a crucial, important point right there. She reached the decision point and she just, the Holy Spirit just blurts out all of her fear thoughts, all of her doubt thoughts, all of her private thoughts. And that right there is the key because the Holy Spirit needs that. If those private thoughts are kept and protected and hidden, then this, the body will just act out those fear thoughts. That would have been not saying anything. That would have been not following the prompt. But she goes for it. So he didn't answer. He's definitely tuning into the Holy Spirit now. Now he's going to give all of his private thoughts, which is his psychic ability, which he's kept hidden, and pour out everything that she needs to know to really have her see where he's coming from. Because he's been hiding his psychic ability. He's been throwing a few hints there, <laughs> here and there, about destiny, and she's like, oh, I'm feeling that psycho vibe. Like, but now she's, she's ready to hear it, and the Holy Spirit has to, again, have an expression session, but this is, is an expression session to help convince her where he's coming from, which is important. We need to do this in relationships. You need to spill the beans. Even if you've got psychic abilities, you've got to share that. And this is a pretty rare one. <laughs> he doesn't share this very often, but he's come to the point now where the Holy Spirit's like, we need to spill the beans because 
She is wondering, is any of this true and what have I got myself into? She's still got a, a pretty high fear level. And she just spilled the beans with him. Now he's got to spill the beans. So he's positioned in the perfect place where the Russians can't shoot him. And he can drink the orange juice so that the FBI will think that he's drugged. See, the Holy Spirit, this is like the born identity. It's, Holy, Holy Spirit's always two steps ahead of the FBI, the CIA, and the assassins. <laughs> it's good to remember. Someone's got your back. You see, even the positioning of him drinking that orange juice, no small detail. Everything, all things work together for those that love the Lord, it says in the Bible. And Jesus says in the Course, all things work together for good. There are no exceptions except in the ego's judgment. So Holy Spirit's got this whole thing. That's why when people are concerned about North Korea, are they going to unload missiles on top of the United States, or are the Russians going to do this, or the Americans going to do the CIA? Just remember, Jesus is in charge of the plan of atonement. Nothing slips by Jesus. Jesus knows exactly what needs to occur in the plan, in the Great Awakening, and none of it is by accident. The Spirit has your back. The Spirit's got all of this. There's no need for concern about any teeny little itsy bitsy teeny weeny detail because the Spirit's got it all. And the Spirit solved all of this in one instant. When the separation seemed to occur, it was answered simultaneously by the Holy Spirit. That's how long it took to solve the, the problem of error. One instant. Now to accept that correction, <laughs> How much do you want it? <laughs> it's not a matter of time, it's a matter of desire and willingness. If you want to be healed, all the power of the universe and the power of the Spirit will come rushing in. You'll meet the people you need to meet, you'll read the books, you'll see the movies, you'll hear the words. If you want it, if you want it, here it is, come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I stopped it there. <laughs> That's it. It's a matter of desire. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of desire. We talked about that with the Holy Instant yesterday. It's a matter of willingness and desire. Not a matter of preparation. Not a matter of time. So here we go. Holy Spirit. So, he's, he's going to try to explain the script is written to somebody who's not into metaphysics and actually believed, I don't, I don't want to know the future, I'd rather <laughs> be surprised. But the Holy Spirit has got four minutes now. <laughs> Took a minute to do the old orange juice thing. But four minutes now to convince her, using time and space, that the script is written. And he just sees the future. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good task in four minutes to somebody who doesn't believe in any of these things. He's going to have to convince her to trust her in these four minutes. Let's just see how he does. So it took the Holy Spirit 30 seconds. <laughs> Again, the Holy Spirit has no problem <laughs> if you're willing. You see, turning it back to the holy relationship, rebuilding her trust, that he, he actually is showing the demonstration of something. That's why we're watching this movie. 
I could talk till I'm blue in the face on quantum physics and and all this, but you actually see the demonstration, and that's what convinces you. It's miracles. It's the actual miracles in your life. That's why it was so important for Fernanda to have not but one, but two, two highlighters brought to her from different angles. Because the Holy Spirit has to convince. It's not enough to be told, oh yeah, you, it's just trust and give your life over to God. We've all heard that before, you know. But it's actual miracles that convince you, that demonstrate what the teachings are. That's what wakes you up. Not the words. It's the actual demonstration, the way the Holy Spirit uses the quantum, the, the, the whole quantum field, uses time and space. This is all just using hypotheticals in a way that now you can see on her face, she's starting to believe. She, the trust is coming back. You can see it in her face. From, you are a psychopath. Remember, that's 30 seconds ago. You are, oh, you are a psychopath. Holy Spirit's got to pull it from you are a psychopath to I love you, I trust you. <laughs> it doesn't take four minutes, 30 seconds of, of TV. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit expanded, expanded his two minute gift for so he could see her for a greater reason, and he doesn't know why. And he's still hanging in there. And now, I don't know, the look on her face, it's just, I could, just me, and, but for some reason I saw you, and she's like thinking, oh, here's the stalker thing again. I, I've got the stalker boyfriend. I've got now a psychic stalker boyfriend. It's worse. <laughs> See, look, the eyes, the eyes and the mouth there, it's like, oh, you're losing me fast here. But he's trying to be as authentic as he can. You see, he's transparent. He's sharing all of his private thoughts with her, and it's all part of a thing where she still has to decide whether to trust him after she hears. And that's the same with all of us. The Holy Spirit can give us all the great stuff, but we still have to decide whether we believe it whether we're going to take action on it or whether we're going to go, oh, it's too far, too far of a stretch. So from his perspective, it, it's true, it wasn't a setup. From the Holy Spirit's perspective, it is all a setup. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has set the whole thing up. Every person you meet, every word that's spoken, Jesus is in charge of the plan of atonement and the whole thing is already solved. It's just that while you're in the human consciousness awareness, it seems like it's still happening. But actually it's, but it's a setup and it's over and done in the ultimate sense. And so, but it's so important to just be authentic. So he's just, he's giving her all the authentic thing. He's sharing every single thought that he's, he's had. He's being totally transparent here. And that's the key for all of us. You don't have to spout the metaphysics, you just have to be authentic right where you're feeling and thinking at the moment and feel safe enough and trusting enough to not try to hide and protect those thoughts. Because when you hide them, you're doing a mind trick 
where really you're playing hide and seek with yourself. You're just harming yourself by holding on to those private thoughts. The only reason people hold on to secrets is because they believe they're real. And they, they feel they're terrible. Like people feel they have terrible secrets so they got to hide them. But when you expose them in the presence of love to the Holy Spirit, you're free of them. The ego says they're going to come back to hurt you. The Spirit says no. Let them come up, release them, and you'll be free of them forever. And it's your healing. So those are the two different perspectives on healing right there. So this is important. You know, it's still very personal to him. It's still a we and they, me and them, and he still has fear about that. And she says, but why don't you do that? With me you can see farther, and, but they don't know that. So he's choosing, to, he's just opening to the power of their relationship, but he's not really including who? Kali. Kali wanted to join with him. And he's choosing to exclude Kali, and therefore there's fear still involved. So that's why the Holy Spirit is going to have to take this whole thing much, much higher and much further. There has to be a way to where everybody wins, where nobody is excluded. What is the higher good is really what she's like saying to him, but if you can help him, why aren't you helping? And he's saying, well, it's just a private skill I have, and she doesn't know about the other skill, and he hasn't disclosed that to the FBI agent. So what, there's still some private thoughts that are kept hidden here. So Callie is so telepathic, all minds are joined. She's sharp. Remember the scene in the, when he kept trying to get her in the, the, uh, the girlfriend in the, in the diner, finally she said, don't even, you know. <laughs> it's all telepathic. She's telepathic too. She's, something's wrong. <laughs> she set her trap, and she feels like when something's not going according to that, that she's, in, and that's what I like how this movie, everybody is so telepathic. They are so, there's nobody who's really an enemy here. It's just that everybody's waking up to the sense that we're all one mind, and, and she's onto it. She's very telepathic too. Trust, listen, and follow. Already have. So she says, don't do it. And he says, I already have. <laughs> they are, talk about a holy relationship. He and Kali are in a holy relationship too. They're reading each other's thoughts. Like She's like, I'm going to catch you. He's like, I already have jumped. Don't do it. I'm doing it. You see, this? and you know how that's in relationships. You, you know that feeling where it's like everybody can read everyone's mind. And it's like a cat and mouse game until you give it over to the Holy Spirit and that game is over. There's no more cat and mouse, there's no more competition, everybody's all in the dance together. That's the whole goal of this, is the dance. And they're still, he's like a master magician and she's like, I'm master FBI agent. <laughs> and the, the girlfriend, she's come back to trust, she's waiting her so many seconds out and she's read, now she's read what she's supposed to do. Not even knowing what's on the letter. She's like in total trust. That's a lot of trust. After you just called somebody a psychopath, <laughs> three minutes later you're, you're following their instructions to a T. 
That's a lot of trust. And that's what it takes in these relationships. You've got to be that trusting to listen and follow. And she's doing it. She's like right on it too. All three of them are so telepathically connected here. She's following instructions. Oh, the Russians. Here comes the... <laughs> And she's following the instructions. One, two, three, and duck. <laughs> now she's good. Remember she said in the helicopter, he's going to try to rabbit on us. <laughs> she's already planned ahead for this. So she's planned ahead that he's going to try to rabbit and get away. So she's right in the power, and he's, she's right down there with her gun waiting at the bottom of the hill. See, they're all telepathically connected. Everyone's trying to, I'll outsmart you. Well, I'll outsmart you. Well, you think so? Well, I got you here. So here we go. And now it gets real metaphysical because she's, she doesn't even believe in metaphysics, but she's going to use some of them. And then it's the old thing, no good deed goes unpunished. Remember she said that to him in the scenario, the hypothetical in Las Vegas. So here we go. So there's his opportunity to join and share what he saw. But he's, he still has too much fear and too much grievance about the testing and misuse. And so he had a, has an opportunity here to, she's like saying, what, what happened? What, just, what did you see? Because she's wanting to prevent the future, a, a future detonation and an explosion. And he's seen his girlfriend be blown up by the terrorist. And, but he's, he said it can't work that way. So it's just another opportunity for him to expose and join, as there are many opportunities through here, but this time with the, the FBI agent, and he's like saying, no, it's not going to work that way. Like he's, he's really doing the Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. You know, it's like, listen, I'm going to try to save my girlfriend, but it's not going to be involving you. <laughs> he doesn't want to join with Callie, and that's part of his lesson, you know, the whole lesson of this movie is you have to you have to forgive and expose. He's been willing to do it with his girlfriend, but not with Callie. Right now, she's still alive. She is, you are, we all are. Let's try to keep it that way. I hope you're going to help me, alright? Okay, for Callie. Her expression session. We love it that the FBI agent gives the expression session because that's all part of the healing. She just spilled the beans, you know. And it's always, this is exactly why expression sessions are so important because she didn't tell him any of that before. And, and he needs to learn to trust her and she needs to learn to trust him. And that kind of expression always opens things up because it's almost like here's where I'm coming from. I'm trying to save lives, and this, and I know some things that you don't, and, and here's my piece of the puzzle. And when we keep expressing, that's why we have to learn to live in a quantum way. We have to learn to reveal and expose and express 
and not keep anything hidden, even though all our conditioning says, oh, don't say it, keep it private, keep it hidden. And we're accustomed to linear time and linear thinking and not having expression sessions. We're accustomed to repression. We're accustomed to suppression. Oh, we're masters at bottling it up and stuffing it down and keeping it in the unconscious mind. And we're not going to escape from time and space by stuffing and repressing. We need to come clean. That's why these expression sessions are so important. When I went to China, you know, there's a lot of systematic repression and with the government and their whole lives. When I went to China, they'd been studying my teachings for some years. And when I finally went over there and I got into a hotel and I said, we're going to do expression sessions, you should have seen these Chinese people. Course in Miracles students, they circled around me and they were like, they put a chair in the middle and they, they were like expression session so ready <laughs> that they were like, put two chairs in the middle of the circle, 25 people around me and then they would jump out of the circle as if this is their opportunity to spill all their private thoughts with me. Because they felt safe and secure and it was so powerful. We, we were just like, Jason was there, and Francis was there, we were all like, wow, look at them go. They were like into systematic repression and they were going to really spill the beans because they knew that that healing was going to come there. In fact, it was the Chinese man, Nashin, who brought A Course in Miracles to China back in 1993. He was one of the people that was taking me around there. He later wrote to me, he said, those two principles that you practice with your community, no private thoughts and no people pleasing, those are, are the Course in Miracles in action. He said, when I read no private thoughts and no people pleasing, I think of nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, herein lies the peace of God. The whole course introduction, summing up the whole course, he saw as those two principles put into action. So there is a power in practicing, not just reading and studying the course intellectually, not just doing seminars, writing books, and doing all these kind of things that the world would say is important. It's the actual experience, the Course in Miracles, is a tool to spring you into connection with the Holy Spirit so that you can have an actual experience of awakening and atonement. Not to become scholars like the scribes and Pharisees did 2,000 years ago with the, the Old Testament. They just studied it and studied it and studied it. But Jesus came along to say, no, it's going to take the practical application of these teachings. You're going to have to actually go through a practical experience a direct experience of what this atonement is. Because the words aren't it. He says words are symbols of symbols twice removed from reality. So his Holy Spirit will use the words, but just as a trampoline that you'll spring off of those words. Because we all know that the spiritual true awakening is an experience. It's not a theology. It's not a set of words. It's not some religion or some belief system. It's an actual experience. Don't you love it when you see those people that wear the t-shirts? Love is my religion. 
Doesn't that really spark something in your heart? Love is my religion. Doesn't say theology, M- Muslim, Christian, Hindu. You know, it doesn't say that is my religion. It says love is my religion. Love is an experience. It's not a theology. The theology is just the springboard to, to spring you with your own willingness and your desire into that experience. So I think this is great because this is the first time that Kali has given an expression session. And I think this is like the key. Now we can start to see some collaboration <laughs> going on instead of you versus me and us versus them. Let's, let's set some collaboration. It's a huge moment. So she said, let him shoot you. In other words, let the t- I'm going to cut down all the communications. Let them think that you're shot and dead. See, she's pretty smart. Let them think that you're shot and dead, so that then she can advise her some more time. Because she knows it's all, it's all communications. She's trying to shut down the, the terrorist communication. And here... Here comes your FBI colleague. <laughs> so you see what he's doing is he's at the scene and he's just very still. He's trying to go through all the hypotheticals in his mind. This is quantum. All the hypotheticals are already in your mind. Why? They already happened. All of them. You see, you see him in deep prayer there. He's he already knows, he's got all these hypotheticals that he can see and he says she dies in everything she can see. And basically this is Jesus again sending us another key message that as long as you keep trying to figure out how you're going to escape from time and space through playing out all the hypotheticals, this is what we do when we plan for the future, right? Okay. I'll do it, I'll retire when I'm this, then I'll study the course, then once the children are grown, I'll become a miracle worker. You see, you fit it all into the ego's plan. And Jesus is like, thank you for sharing. Now, uh, I think I can do a better job. But this is what humans do. They play all these hypotheticals out over and over. Like, like they're trying to figure how to get out of the situation. And we talked about that yesterday. It's by desiring the holy instant and saying, I trust you Jesus, you show the way. I will step back and let you lead the way. I do not know the way out. All I know is I'm addicted to hypothetical thinking and none of my good hypothetical thinking probably for thousands of years has got me out. And you do know the way. That's why it's so important to tune into guidance, to listen and follow, because the one who knows the way out is trying to send through hypotheticals, directions, instructions to, to unwind you from this addiction of time-space thinking. So it's really, and he's, he's at the point now where he, again he's trying to do it all on his own. That's his problem. He's got a grievance. <laughs> And he doesn't want to join, but now the Holy Spirit has him joining with Liz, and now joining with Kali, too. It's taken him a while, but it, he's starting to realize that the answer is in joining. And the Holy Spirit needs that desire for joining to make it work, you know. That's the only way it's going to work, to see that you're all 
oneself. You're all the Christ. So she's there, though, working with him and collaborating. Everything, like he's saying, every situation, every every scenario I look at, she dies. And Kali's not giving up. She's saying, but they had to bring her here. So let's look for the license plates. <laughs> she still is not giving up. Like, uh, maybe she dies in every scenario, but let's just let's find the license plate and she'll run her until she's got a whole FBI behind her. So you see there's still this desire to join and connect right here. Even when he's saying, I don't know, every scenario she dies. So she's a great FBI agent, but all of her intel is based on past learning. She's got the best of the CIA, the FBI, all the assets of the whole government, millions and billions of dollars behind her, and she's saying, she's a leader. She's saying, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan, da 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 No question, everything like this. And he is tuned into the Holy Spirit here, so guess who has to be in the leader position, and guess who has to be in the follower position? This, hap this will happen in your relationships too. When you're with somebody and they're really tuned in, you better let go to the one who's tuned in, and you better really let go to the Holy Spirit, because past learning is not going to help. So she's helped locate the vehicle, and she's used her intel, and here she is, you see her barking out instructions. See the guy on the left? He's like ready to just follow the boss's instructions like they all do in the FBI. You follow the lead, and then here's our Holy Spirit character who's just tuned in here and let's see how this situation plays out. Because this has a lot of practical application when people say, why do you have elders? And why are there some characters in the dream that are more trustworthy than others? What did Jesus say? Go back to the Bible. You shall know them by their fruits. Probably nothing more important in that section than you shall know them by their fruits. Are they peaceful? Are they kind? Are they generous? Are they trusting? Do they follow guidance? <laughs> you know, those are all considerations. In this situation here, Kali, she's got the best intelligence that money can buy. And her partner over there is ready to put the plan into action on the far left. And then she's collaborating now with Chris. And Chris has a broader perspective on the whole thing. And the Holy Spirit definitely has a broader perspective than past learning. And that's what it's going to take to wake up. So she yields immediately. Four minutes, we've got four minutes and 27 seconds. Do you mind? Not at all. She's ready to listen and follow. And you have to be willing to do that if you're going to wake up. And you have to trust the people that are you shall know them by their fruits. You have to trust the ones that demonstrate. 
Don't go off for phony gurus and phony teachers who don't live the teachings. You've got to listen and trust and follow the mighty companions that demonstrate the teachings. They said, don't go for a mail order category, catalog teacher. You've got to have an experience and you've got to trust your intuition with this. But the Holy Spirit will use the symbols that are based on you shall know them by their fruits. That's the way that it works. People wonder, how do I trust? Who do I trust? Yeah, well, as best you can get in touch with your guidance and trust those who are demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. That's the most direct answer to it. And she's beautiful. Look at Kali. She, he says, do you mind? And she says, not at all. She's, she's totally into the follower position now. After explosives, wired to a cell phone, remote trigger. Now the cell phone sets it off. Usually one button speed that. Now there comes, this is the I know mind, you know. Again, now she's turned it over and her assistant on the left is going to try to explain using the rational linear mind, the cell phone sets it off, da 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 da. Pipe down here, pipe down. You would do well to question your identity there on the left. Don't just stay in the, in the FBI agent role. Pipe down here. You would do well to listen. Take this round to the There we go. Pipe down. Ego mind. Pipe down. Past associations. Past learning. Pipe down. You're not going to find the healing unless would you just be quiet and do exactly as I say. He even said earlier to Kali, if you would just be quiet it would help. You remember that? He's praying. He's praying for guidance here. So this is important. This is what the meaning is of, I will step back and let him lead the way. The biggest problem that you'll experience in awakening is the I know mind. The mind that thinks it knows from past experience. The psychological mind that knows, it studied Freud, it studied Skinner, it studied all the psychologists, it's got all the answers. No. It's an awakened mind that will guide you out, not past learning and past associations. The I know mind, the past, will only inhibit you from awakening. And this is a good example of how he is tuned in with the Spirit and he has a higher and more broad picture of everything and therefore he can offer the instructions. He's like a conduit, he's like a channel of the Holy Spirit and even when this guy is trying to say Alpha Bravo will come in here and you know he's trying to give it to him like it's a military uh, exercise and this is the Holy Spirit saying no you would do well to listen here because this is not a military exercise this is a healing the mind exercise this is a healing the hypothetical thinking exercise and that's what everything is truly about There it is. That, Callie. Callie's in there. She's now joined. She's joined in mind. She's like, are we clear? 
That's the way the FBI works. The subordinates follow the leader. Now she's like, we're following him. You need to do that with the Holy Spirit because if you don't really give it over to the Holy Spirit, the ego is going to try to mess it up with its own guidance, its own, you can protect yourself, you can do this and this and this, and, and that's not going to work. You're not going to reach the state of enlightenment if you're listening to two voices and you're letting the ego compete with the Holy Spirit. It's, the Holy Spirit is that I will step back and let him lead the way. God's voice speaks to me all through the day. How willing am I to listen to it? Jesus says, there are many answers you have received but have not heard. The Spirit's guidance is there every day, every moment of every day. But how willing are you to hear it? And then how willing are you to follow it? Sometimes you get those little prompts and you go, okay. <laughs> and then you say, I'll think about it. <laughs> You get clear nudges and guidance from the Holy Spirit all through the day. I'll think about it because there's resistance. There are many answers you have received but have not heard, have not acknowledged, and then you have to act upon them. Kali is like, look at her go. She's like, she's in it now. She's really joined in purpose. They're joined in purpose. It took them a while, but actually... <laughs> It's it's got a good vibe going here now. All them shoot to kill any hostages. We don't need intel. We have him. Whoa! Course in miracles. And look at the assistant. He's just grown up with the culture, the FBI, the leaders are always right, and then those eyes are going, what the hell did she just say? We don't need intel, we have him. She's on the spiritual path. The holy relationship is activating. See, this is like the born identity, precise. Not yet, you'll kill her. Wait, wait, you see, I love, that's why I love the born identity. It's all so precise. There's no room for a wiggle room there. And, and the spirit knows what's most helpful. Now let's pause just a second at this point of the movie because remember I told you that the purpose has to be out front. Watch your emotions. Watch your emotions during these scenes. Put forgiveness out front. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you experientially with these scenes that are coming up because if you look at if you look at Kali there you know she wants to save Los Angeles that's beautiful that's her motive you look at him behind he would like to save his girlfriend <laughs> so there's some different motives going on there but they're collaborating if we go to the Russians they want to kill the girlfriend <laughs> and blow up Los Angeles. So those are three different motives. Blow up Los Angeles, kill the girlfriend, save the girlfriend, save Los Angeles. Now, that's not any of your purposes right now. Your purposes is to escape from hypothetical thinking. Your purpose, why is the Holy Spirit showing this movie right now? You don't, you're not going to be rooting, don't root for one don't root for the Russians, or don't root for her, or for, for Chris. 
you're rooting for the Holy Spirit to take you into an experience that lifts your mind up beyond all of these other personal motives to show you that there is an experience right now available during this movie that is not hypothetical. That actually you go, wow, you start to feel this feeling rise up that who you are is beyond all of these outcomes, including the outcome of this movie. So as you watch these scenarios, as they're, they're trying to get in and save her, prevent the bomb, the Russians are trying to complete their plan and, and blow up uh, her and Los Angeles, and yet your purpose is so important. Your purpose is forgiveness. Come back in your mind. Watch the scenes with the Holy Spirit. Use this movie as a way of coming to deeper experience of forgiveness. You see how willing she is. She is a sharpshooter and he just taps her on the shoulder and she doesn't even hesitate. She just turns, boom! You know, that's, that's a lot of training to become an FBI agent. That's a lot of training and that's the skill she has. She is on it. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is showing you practically, like I told you earlier, the Holy Spirit can use any skill, any skill in this world. Now obviously we can go far beyond guns and shooting people, but I'm just using it as a teaching point. People hate this when I show uh, Lucy. They're like, oh God, how many people have to die for... That? You're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> she's got 24 hours, she's going to wake up and nothing's getting in her way. You know, that's the point. And you have to be that firm because these situations, we're seeing them every few minutes here, these are listen, follow, trust, follow, trust, follow, listen, follow, listen, follow. She's not debating, she's not hesitating, she's just following. She said she would follow and she told everybody to follow him and it's, and it's going that way. You have to be just as vigilant to, to follow the Holy Spirit. Just as vigilant. Did any of you ever see the movie The Matrix? Morpheus? I can guide you but you must do exactly as I say. Stand up. Do it slowly. Remember that scene? He gets the cell phone it, and, and he, he, it rings and, and it's Morpheus. And Morpheus is like not wasting time. Just like here. I can guide you but you must do exactly as I say. And you know what? Neo trusts Morpheus. And in the end, that's how Neo can realize I am the one. He listens and he follows. He doubts, oh he doubts Morpheus sometimes. He doubts, he doubts the oracle. <laughs> you know, when he's going to see the oracle, he says, so the oracle, she's never wrong and basically Morpheus says, she is a guide, Neo. He doesn't even answer the question. When, when Neo's doubting about the oracle, Morpheus doesn't even answer a question. She's always right, he says. She is a guide, 
Neo, she can lead you and she can lead you in the right direction. She can show you the way. That's what the Holy Spirit's saying. I need to guide you. Don't ask about who's right and who's wrong. Tune into my guidance and I will guide you beyond time and space. I will guide you out of hypothetical thinking. But it takes that much trust. You have to have that much trust in order to escape from time and space. The Holy, that's the Holy Spirit speaking through Morpheus. I can guide you, but you must do exactly as I say. That's the only point of A Course in Miracles, is to tune into that guidance. You can throw the book away when you make contact. You don't have to study it for 20 years, 30 years, do go to endless amount of Course in Miracles groups. No, the, the please, 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 don't be so slow. Be faster. Realize the book was just to put you in touch with your own internal teacher, with the Holy Spirit. And once you get in touch with the Holy Spirit, follow that. Unwaveringly, follow that without exception. Follow that with vigilance. Be vigilant only for God and His Kingdom. And that's the way to transcend. It's not a matter of how long you've read the book. It's not a long, how long you've been a student or a teacher. Those are just concepts. They don't have any validity whatsoever. And how do you feel when you start to feel more joyful and you're laughing and you're happy for no earthly reason and you're feeling, don't even think about your function in form. Your function is to be happy. That's all that God wants, is for you to be happy. Not to write some long treaties on happiness, not to become a preacher of happiness, but to be happy. Be now happy. That's it. That's your function. Try that out if somebody says, what's your function? What's your role? To be happy. Just to be happy. <laughs> Isn't that simple? Isn't that simpler than trying to explain, well, you see, <laughs> I'm following this blue book. What's the blue book say? Well, it's hard to explain. <laughs> you know, you see, it's, this is the trouble that students get into because they, they're trying to explain it in words. But the, the Course never asks us to explain it. In fact, it says the truth cannot be described or explained. Only experienced, it says cannot be described or explained, only experienced. So, that's your sole function, is to be happy, as God created you. And that means you might have to let go of all these ego games of tricks about how to be happy. I'll be happy when I have a bigger bank account, I'll be happy when I have a good house, when my mortgage paid off, I'll be happy when I find my soulmate. Yeah, the ego will throw a few tricks in there to put it off in the future, but what about the immediacy of salvation. What about salvation right now? That's what Jesus is teaching. Be not content with future happiness, for that is not your just reward, for you have cause for freedom now. Wow. That's saying we have an opportunity here, right now, with this movie, with these words, to open up, to say, okay, Father, what is your will for me? Oh, my beloved son, I just want you to be happy. 
I've always only wanted one thing. That's my will, is for you to be perfect, perfectly happy. We know this. Inside we can feel it like, yeah, okay. So, here we go. This is, I love these scenes because this is, this is like a clinic on listen and follow. And then we're going to get to the big grand finale on going beyond hypotheticals, which is really the whole point of all of this. Thank you. You see? <laughs> you see the difference between listen and follow and the I know mine? Thank you. You saved my life. <laughs> yeah, he said, I'll save your life. He gave the reason why to follow. I'll save your life. Just listen and I'll save your life. And there it is. The same character that went through that with him, there it is portrayed perfectly. So, he's just trying to figure out where are these terrorists. They're setting bombs, explosives left and right. And uh, they're looking at well, which deck should we do. You check this one, he says. I'll do the rest. He's telling the whole team, you work on this one, I'll do all the rest in the building. Now how's he going to do that? He's not an FBI agent with guns, he's just walking around. Well, he's going to do it with his mind, just like all of you are going to do it with your mind. The ego will try to set traps for you when you try to escape this world, left and right, but if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, oh, they don't call the Holy Spirit the Comforter for no reason at all. This Comforter knows how to help you follow Him and avoid the temptations and the struggles and temptations of this world. Because why? What is a temptation but a delay to realize who you really are. It's not really real in reality, but in time, in space, when you're sleeping, you need help. And that's why Jesus said, except you become, in the Bible, except you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. What he was saying, he says this very clearly in the Course, is unless you become completely dependent on God, as little babies, infants are dependent on their parents for survival, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what he means by that Morpheus line, I can help you but you must do exactly as I say. Not kind of what I say, not partially what I say, but if you're going to escape from time and space, it has to be precisely, exactly. That's why the whole goal of the Course is just to get in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because once you're in touch with the Holy Spirit, the use for words is going to be almost over. The use for time and space is almost over. The use for symbols is almost over. Because you're approaching reality. You're approaching the Kingdom of Heaven. And that's what this is all about. It's escape through listen and follow. And so the whole goal, that's why these scenes are very important, it's because you see how they all trust him now. And, and he's using his premonitions, he's using his feelings, he's, he's using everything that he feels 
to tune in to that guidance and let that guidance lead. And in the end, he just said, you do this one, I'll do all the rest. Well, maybe I can talk about a quantum physics principle here. Is anybody familiar with quantum physics? There's a, there's a principle in there called superposition. Where it's like everything. Remember the, what the bleep do we know? Did you see that movie with the little kid bouncing the basketball? And then there's all these basketballs all over the place. Because the basketballs aren't really basketballs, they're potential basketballs. And they're looking for the Russians and looking for the girlfriend. And one guy is going to take his team and check one level and he's going to take all the rest how do you take all the rest except through superposition? Go in your mind and look at all the hypotheticals in your mind and find the one that you're looking for. So he's going to be using superposition to find his girlfriend. He's using a quantum principle to find in this situation. That's how he's going to check all these other decks while the one team is working on this one. So here we go. I'll take all the rest, he says. Super position. Just like the basketballs. Use your mind. Use your mind. <laughs> Don't go that way. You know what this scene reminds me of? If, there's a workbook lesson in the course, and there's, it's the most amazing thing I've ever found. In the workbook lesson, Jesus says, salvation is among your thoughts. In other words, all these trillions of thoughts. Salvation is among your thoughts. Find it. He says that. He actually says that in the workbook. Salvation is among your thoughts. Talk about a needle in a haystack. It's worse than a needle in a haystack. Salvation is among your thoughts. Find it. And, and who but the Holy Spirit can guide you to find that thought among the trillions, kajillions of ego, seeming ego thoughts, all past and future. There's one holy instant that is your salvation. Find it. And of course then he's saying, listen to the Holy Spirit as I did. <laughs> I was a man who saw the face of Christ. He simply tuned into the Holy Spirit and found it. And he was just the first in time to seem to find it. All of us are destined to find it as well because we're all really this, the same one. But I love this superposition stuff because it's just showing the potentiality of expanding the search using the power of your mind, not using things in form. He's just going through all the hypotheticals to find his girlfriend, where she is in the building. That's just a good practice of, of mind training, superposition. And there it is, he did it. I'll take my chances. You see the ego, I'll take my chances. The Holy Spirit is saying, I know all the possibilities for you, ego, and none of them are good for you.
I'll take my chances. <laughs> it's like, there you go, never give up. No, I'll die. I'll, I'll die to the end, you know. And in this case, through superposition, in the power of his mind, our character Chris, now who's becoming very quickly Christ, knows all the scenarios. And he's, tell, he's offering the guy, the guy with his girlfriend as hostage a, a way out, like surrender. I know all the, the scenarios and none of them end up good for you. So let go. Why don't you join us in a collaboration here and come in the dance and, and give up this private, separate goal of having a separate self. That's what's really happening here and he's offering that. And then the ego is characteristically saying, I'll take my chances. In other words, I've got the gun, I've got the hostage, I've got her by the neck, and I'm going to take my own chances, I'm going to keep with my own agenda. That's never going to work for any of us. You know, we have to, we have to finally surrender and say, Thy will be done. Show me the truth. I want God more than anything else. That's, that's what releases the mind. So it's beautiful. You have one way out of this. Even after all that, he gives him another chance. And, and he grabs the girlfriend by the neck. That wasn't it, you know. But you see, even through all of that, there's still the offer was, you have one way out of this. Let go, forgive, release, you know, it's the same thing. And now he's so happy because his goal has been achieved. The girlfriend has been saved. So he tells her, he just said to her, it's, it's okay Liz, it's over now. But Kali's goal <laughs> has not yet been achieved. So there's always, until we achieve the release of the hypothetical thinking, we may achieve one goal, but we aren't going to achieve the goal which we're all practicing now. So this is where they have to work together now because Liz is safe, girlfriend's safe, it's okay, he says, it's over now. And then Kali has her reminder. Duck! Duck! <laughs> You've been watching a hypothetical for the last hour and 15 minutes. And the Holy Spirit just pulled, pulled a big one to jolt you into the experience of what a hypothetical is. I've been hypothetical speaking for an hour and a half as part of this experiment for your mind. So you could have an actual experience that the world is hypothetical. He's there in the holy instant and he's just reviewing some hypothetical scenarios of the future which are non-existent. And there it is. <laughs> that's, that's what a hypothetical is. Now you'll smile a lot more and you'll put much less worry and concern about your future now that you've seen what that is. Those worries, you're going to breathe a little bit easier. You're going to be less concerned. 
and more relaxed, not concerned about your future, death of the body, all those things, because Los Angeles blowing up is nothing more than another hypothetical. Now, you can see the one mistake that he made was he wasn't, he was still holding FBI as the enemy. You see, that was in his mind. And then that whole scenario taught him, I need to join. I need to collaborate. And now, here's the best part of the whole movie. Ready? <laughs> the, t the titles backwards and so fast that you miss them if you blink. You see what a nice touch at the end? Backwards and fast is the way that you wake up. Because the world is backwards and upside down. So the only way you reach atonement is by backing into the solution. Jesus says in the Course, time goes backwards, not forwards. And that you, when you forgive, when you forgive all these characters and situations and hypotheticals, you're really tracing a line like the Carol King, uh, Carol King song, Only Love is Real. Tracing a line till we can define the thing that allows us to feel only love is real. We back, we back into the atonement. You gently listen to the Holy Spirit. Gently let errors be corrected with every holy encounter you have. Not judging. Not controlling. Not trying to fix anybody. Not trying to change the situation. And back you go. Back, back, back in the mind. All the way back to the pristine I am. Which is the whole point to come back to I amness. So I love that end. It just rocketed through the titles, the closing titles, backwards and upside down in an instant. So the Holy Spirit, if isn't the movie wasn't great enough, he throws in one last blast <laughs> at the very end. Can we replay that? Let's just see that again one more time to remember how simple it can be. <laughs> okay, we are now moving to lunch. The whole thing was in the experience. There's no after movie talk. It's over to Laverne and she will guide you to your next step. <laughs> <laughs>